Hey, I think we figured it out. Oh my gosh, we're recording. <laughs> Hello, that was our everybody. Issue. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Spirits and Spoiler. <laughs> oh my goodness. This was um, not simple. No, so this is the first time that we are recording not in the same room, um, which the app that we use allows us to do, but we have spent about 20 minutes now trying to figure out how to make it work. Should have been so simple. Yes, but we're here. Um, I think the issue was that we were both logged into the same account. So I logged out and I made a new one. <laughs> Is this how you're leaving me? Maybe. You're Are you secretly own, starting your own podcast? <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, like I said, welcome. I'm Allie. I'm Elizabeth. And this is Spirits and Spoilers. The remote. Um, yeah, this is Spirits and Spoilers over the wavelengths, and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> spirits and Spoilers with more inter- interwebs than usual. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully this all works well. Um, I think the we were talking the format of this episode might sound a little different because we're not sure if we can put in all our little sounds and stuff between chapters. Um so bear with us as we kind of figure this out. Uh, we're still very new to this. <laughs> um, Always an adventure. Yes. But we are still keeping in the spirit of the podcast. <laughs> I see what you did there. But um, And we did get drinks. So Elizabeth, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm going to let you go first, actually. Okay. What are um, you drinking tonight? So I still have pomegranate juice. <laughs> and <laughs> it's still back good. Leftovers. Yes, I still, it's still good. I double check. Um, so I have, and I can't give you the measurements because I honestly did not measure it. Like when I make drinks for myself, I generally just eyeball it. Um, you let the liquor tell you how much you need. Exactly. <laughs> so I have vodka, pomegranate juice, and... <laughs> blood orange simple syrup oh what are you calling it that's a good question i haven't come up with a name yet i feel like it should be something with the theme of practical demon keeping yeah maybe this will be the catch oh i like it deal or the breeze no i feel like the breeze would have to be like a tropical drink yeah i feel like it needs pineapple and blue curacao or something yeah okay so this one's gonna be the catch okay um so i if you can't tell, I'm a little congested and sniffly and awful. Um, so I am having a nice mug of throat coat tea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... had every, every intention of having a, a grown-up beverage, but um, in the interest of being able to continue speaking, um, I, I opted for throat coat tea. So Hey, that's okay. You got the uh, mocktail cover for this week. <laughs> yes, there we go. There we go. Um, um, what I actually I, had planned on doing, I think I will bring over next time we get together and we'll drink it together in person. So I'm going to leave that a mystery for now. Ooh, okay. I like that. I also have a surprise for you next time we record in person. <gasps> I love surprises. But I'm willing to tell you what it is and then just surprise you with like the actual object. Okay. When we see each other if you would like to know. I don't, do I want to know? I think you do. I think okay, I want tell to tell you. <laughs> okay, tell me. <laughs> um, so Joe and I went to Ship Shawana um, okay. last weekend with mom and dad. We had to go help them pick up a couple chairs that they had oh, ordered. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, and in one of the stores, they had a bunch of little stickers that were really cool. Like some of them were just, you know, like typical stickers, but I picked up quite a few of them because there were some pretty cool ones. And I got one that as soon as I saw it, I was like, Elizabeth needs this. (laughs) Oh, so it says, (laughs) is it like one of the good vinyl ones I can stick on one of my water bottles? Yes, it should be. Yes. Okay. Tell Um, me. It says. I don't know if I have the wording exactly right, but it's something to the effect of, so apparently Rock Bottom has a basement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this screams Elizabeth. (laughs) 
I don't know how to feel about that, but I do love the sticker. Um, not that I think that you are in Rock Bottom's basement. It's just that that to uh, me was one that it was like, you are going to find this so funny. Yes. And it does sound like something I would say. Yes, exactly. I um, I love it. And now I can't wait. Yeah. So I was really excited when I saw that. And then when I was, when I, we decided we were going to record virtually, I was like, man, I have to at least tell her about it. I can't keep it a secret that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fantastic. Oh man. Oh, sorry. I'm probably going to cough all my, all the way through this. And I apologize in advance. <laughs> I, I don't really have the editing set up yet to, uh, take that out i just want to point out the double standard though of the fact that you get to put in some asmr things and uh, you shoot down my ideas every single time well yours are terrible (laughs) coughing isn't great (laughs) well no but it can't be helped (laughs) Uh, i've been operating under the assumption that it's just like minutes um we had a brief return to winter yesterday i don't know what that was about um, mm-hmm. giant December sized snowflakes. Yeah. Which all by the time I went to my car at like, God, what was yesterday? Tuesday. That's a softball night. So, but we had pictures. It was probably like four thirty or so when I finally left the building, you would not have known that there was yeah. any snow. And then it was back to fifties today, which still isn't like super warm, but like, I don't mind fifties. Gaslight. Yeah, and I, so I was sick for a good chunk of last week, had like cold light stuff going on, Um, and I really think that it is just the back and forth with the weather, like my headaches have been crazy lately, it's just been not a great time in Michigan. (laughs) Well, and good God, my trigeminal neuralgia has been just insane, so I'm getting like random facial pain type headaches. I'm sorry, but was that was that an actual word? It was it was two actual words. <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> so the first one is trigeminal, which is the nerve that is impacted. Okay. It's the facial nerve. It's one of the facial nerves. Um, and then neuralgia. <laughs> you you only have one. <laughs> one facial nerve. <laughs> one facial nerve. It controls your whole face. Good luck. <laughs> um, no, and then the second is neuralgia, which is I don't know. There's something wrong with your nerves. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the medical word for it. I don't make the rules. <laughs> it means things are messed up. <laughs> you don't work right. Your <laughs> so. Uh, um, that's been fun. Yeah. It has also been, softball season has started in both of our households. Um, for oh, you, yeah. it is your daughter. For me, it is myself. So I have played softball the last two nights. Ooh. Um. I usually play, like, my league plays Monday nights, but then I'm also subbing on, I I got asked to sub for a Tuesday night game, um, okay. and I told them that, to let me know whenever they need a sub, too, because I feel like girls for slow pitch softball are usually in short supply, um, so I'm hoping that I'll get to play with them again, um, but yeah, so two nights in a row, and it was, like, very first game, so I'm just, like, sore and tired, and it was cold. <laughs> oh. See, games start next week for us, and I'm feeling very lucky because we have a whole lot of home games. Um, I think we have two away games. Okay. So that means um, since Addie plays in the district where I work and she goes to school, which is a different district than we um, we can just kind of hang out at the building if we need to, which is... Great, because I've always got work up to my ear holes that I can do. Um, yeah. You know, it's a little different when we've got the later game, and then we're going to have to wait, like, okay, do we want to go home, come back? Are we going to chill with... Yeah. Um, but the fact like, okay, now, where are we going to drive to from here and then drive home after we're done? And I, I feel like at least one of our away games is the later game. So that might be interesting, but overall it shouldn't be too bad. We don't have to go very far. Yeah. Only two away games is impressive. Yeah. So I'm a fan. (laughs) All right. Well, shall we get 
started in the podcast. Start rolling some content here. All right. So today we're going to cover chapters 20 and 21. Um, our social medias, before I forget, you can find us on Facebook at Spirits and Spoilers Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Spirits Spoilers Pod. Um, and then if you want to send us an email, our email is spiritspoilerspod at gmail.com. Um, and, and you that- can catch me outside. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Oh, you could catch that- me inside. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't leave the house. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, one last thing that sending saying you can send us a message made me think of. Uh, you have one to share. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether we were doing that at the beginning or the end. Um, let me let me pull it up here. Um, personal Facebook page. Because I do have one or two friends. Um, but not more than that. Definitely not more. <laughs> Maybe it came through. Did it come through to mine or did it? Oh, nope. There it is. Yes. Okay. So um, big shout out to Chris Conrad. Who said um following up from last week if the radio station cassettes exist put it on your patreon if you ever start one for the extras (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure they're probably somewhere at mom and dad's i still am hoping not um so i did respond (laughs) to him and i said i would die of embarrassment but if i'm getting paid to die of embarrassment that might be okay (laughs) totally worth it then (laughs) I mean, I've been dying of embarrassment all my life for free, so. Right. (laughs) Patreon is not a terrible plan. (laughs) I'm going to need it to be a different Patreon than the one that your husband stocks. Um, yeah. You know, I really like the one that he stocks, though. Well, but I I don't know. I I can only get paid in liquor to a certain point. That's fair. And then it just becomes unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but not if you're only drinking it like once a week. Right. But then I run out of storage space. It's true. I know. We've got quite the collection. (laughs) It doesn't help that I've moved my collection over to your house because I don't ever use it by myself. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, shall we get into chapter 20? Let's launch chapter 20. Okay, so chapter 20 is Ephraim. So we get back to Ephraim, who um, is, for those of you that may not remember, he is a war vet, um, older guy. Currently, his wife is out of town, but still, like, laid out clothes for him for while she was gone. Um, works in his wood shop. Um, and Travis... Maybe smokes cigarettes in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Travis made a pit stop out there looking for his wife in one in a previous episode um so we are circling back to Ephraim who I really enjoy um but the chapter starts super sad and it starts with a nightmare from his days in the war um and some airstrikes over England um and it's just you can tell like he wakes up drenched in sweat his wife also had put the flannel sheets on the bed so it was still warm and cozy while she was gone which I thought was adorable that is so sweet. Um, uh, but it just like the entrance into this chapter really just like made me feel bad for Ephraim. Um, and it doesn't really get much better. <laughs> no, it goes from bad to worse, really. Yes. Um, he also blames part of it on his uh dinner that he had. So a quote that I have here is to say that Ephraim was not a particularly good cook was an understatement akin to saying that genocide is not a particularly effective public relations strategy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he made tater tots for dinner because he is not a great cook, is not about to cook a whole meal for himself, which I get. It's a lot of work. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. But he he was like, oh, it tells me to cook them at, like, this temperature for this long. I can make it faster. If I, like, double the heat, then it'll half the time. Which seems like sound logic, but that's not how it works. And I jotted this uh, down because, yeah, the the package said to cook for 20 minutes at 375. And he he cooks them at 575. (laughs) For 11 minutes. Yes. It resulted in charcoal briquettes with frozen centers. But he was in a hurry to get to bed, so he went for it. Yep. And yeah, I need to know here, dude, let me introduce you to PB&J. 
Yes. Or like the air fryer, man. Like get right. one of those. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's um, at least partially responsible. Um, but also he missed his nap. And I really just felt like that was the biggest tragedy so far. Because he's so right. all about the routine of his nap. I know. He loves his nap, which I respect. Yes. Um, I didn't even know the ovens went up to 575 degrees. <laughs> it kind of makes me want to go look at mine right now. but it, I know. <laughs> it's clear in the next room. Oh, man. Oh, and I just read that and I was like, do they really go up that high? <laughs> uh if you have an oven that goes to 575 uh let us know on the socials yes please report back (laughs) also have you ever used 575 to cook anything because i need to know about it and for what and did you intend to (laughs) did it it turn out okay (laughs) (laughs) um so he wakes up from this nightmare instead of feeling better at the fact that he woke up safe at home in his bed. Like, you know, we've all been there. We've all had nightmares. You wake up. Sometimes it takes you a minute to acclimate, but then you're like, okay, I'm at home. I'm in my own bed. Things are fine. That was a dream. It wasn't real. Yes. Um, he actually is still in a panic because he realizes that there is someone or I put something in his house. Yeah. And I'm a true crime junkie, but this is, like, one of my biggest fears. Like, waking up and just knowing that there is somebody in the house that's not supposed to be. Like, I can't can't feel good. No. So, he keeps a pistol in his sock drawer. It's one that he brought home from the war. Um, So, he's hearing, you know, doors open down the hall. Um, Just hearing it get closer and closer and not knowing what to do um what's happening who it is what it is so he quick opens up his sock drawer digs around for his pistol and for the ammo which i didn't know that this was a thing but uh it sounds like it was a revolver type so they he had like half moon shaped or crescent moon shaped bullets that were already connected that he can just pop in like half and half and i was like that's real slick i didn't know that that was a thing Did we confirm that that's a real thing and not an invention? Because I think I intended to, but then I got distracted. I intended to as well, um, and I didn't. But it sounds like it definitely could be. Um, Let me Google really, really quick. I'm actually already on it. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, My personal FBI guy has got to be really wondering about me. Oh, all sorts of confused. Oh, yeah, moon clips. They're a thing. Like I said, it was something that I had never heard of, but, like, it made sense to me. Yeah, a moon clip is a ring-shaped or star-shaped piece of metal designed to hold multiple cartridges together as a unit for simultaneous insertion and extraction from a revolver cylinder. Not a good enough reason to use the word insertion. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. What what word would you substitute in there? I don't know. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he only has time to get one of those in, so it's only half loaded. Um, so he hears the person outside of his door. The door starts to open. He just points center of the door and fires, and it's a misfire. It was one of the empty chambers. Um, so he hears a click and nothing happens. Um, he quickly fires again and this time it worked and he heard the scream of a woman. I was so afraid of that. I know. And it like his immediate reaction just like broke my heart. Like Ephraim, this chapter made me so sad because I just enjoy him so much. And oh my God, I just like, oh, it made me want to cry. I felt so bad for him this whole time. If I'm being honest, I thought for a second you were about to cry. (laughs) no not yet (laughs) it kind of sounded that way (laughs) so he is immediately afraid that he has shot his wife and I was immediately afraid that he had shot his wife right and then my immediate second thought was is this Rachel like did catch get to her they're in cahoots she would have had it coming right (laughs) but Instead, what he saw when he opened the door was a monster on its hands and knees laughing. And it says, fooled you, fooled you. Oh. 
though it's Ket, which I feel like we all knew was coming. We all knew it was going to be him. But I was really afraid for a minute that it wasn't. Right. When it said the woman scream, but up until that point, I was like, this is 100% catch. And then it right. said the woman scream, and I was like, can catch do that? <laughs> well, and I was like, oh my god, his wife came home early. Yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, that was a whole moment. <laughs> oh, man. Catch is a just, jerk. I know. Catch is a jerk a, for that it's one. It's a freaking roller coaster of a chapter. <laughs> I was also picturing catch, and I don't know why this is not in the book. But my brain went to catch doing a here's Johnny through the hole of the door. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I could have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it would have been really, really on brand for him. Very much so. Yes. So Ephraim had shot catch in the face. So it was a good shot, uh, especially for being through a door. And and catch thought so too. Yeah. Um, it was also then stuck to his upper lip like a beauty mark. <laughs> an obscene beauty mark. <laughs> yes, an obscene beauty mark. Um, but since it's catch, it didn't do any harm to him. It literally just like hit his skin and like mushroomed the bullet and it just stuck there. And it gave him like a, a demon Cindy Crawford thing going on. Yes. <laughs> so he flicks the bullet off and and comes into the room and we find out he's looking for the reason that Travis was there earlier. Yes. Um, the next quote that I have is Ephraim was no longer in the room. He was sitting on a hill in England, watching the shadow of death floating toward him across the fields. This time the Zeppelin was coming for him, not the base. He sat on the hill and waited to die. I'm sorry, Amanda. And this just like, oh my gosh, this broke me because I immediately thought like, usually when people are at near death experiences, we hear that, there was a white light. They felt calm or peace or comfort. Um, it's a very like comforting thing to hear. And he, or like you relive your milestones of your life or yes. Yeah. And he just experienced fear and that just like made me so sad for him. I know. Um, but catch wouldn't let Ephraim die. He had come there to ask him a question and, he was not going to let anything happen until it was answered. And Ketch is absolutely trolling poor Ephraim this whole oh, time. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, at one point, he points out to him that his jammies are all wet, which I was assuming was from the sweat, because I have had night sweats off and on, and they're awful. Like, you wake up drenched. Yes. Um, And I, I put in here, at least Ketch cares. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't he know. Said, he said, your jammies are all wet. You're going to catch your death. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Is he pointing something out to be helpful or is he just trolling? And I think he's just right. trolling. Oh, yeah. He's just being a butthead for sure. Um, Another thought that I had throughout the like center of this whole part here is how is catch visible for this long? Because I thought he was only visible when he was eating. And he is going some length of time in between each of these, like, feedings, but staying visible the whole time. Because he was seen in the woods. He was seen in, like, a field. He's, like, he's visible for a good chunk of time when he's not actually, he's only eaten one person that we know of so far. So I think what it is, is that um, Travis is so distracted with Jenny that he's that he is allowed. losing his control over catch. Okay, I didn't know if it because it was Solomon. Wasn't that what visible was like Travis's will? I'm not sure because it was Solomon originally that made it so he had to be invisible. So I didn't know if it was if that continued where it was like based on the will of his master or what it was. But that would make sense because I mean Travis has to be really on board with the whole "don't let anybody see you" thing. Right. Given that he's picky about who catch. Yes. And the fact that catch is on this dietary rampage also tells me that Travis has little to no control at this point. Right. Which is also what happened with Solomon with the beautiful wife that he got. Um, So it all makes sense. But it was just one of those that I was just like, he should not be able to be visible for this long. <laughs> right. Um, so back to Ephraim we um 
he like comes back from the brink of death in I'm assuming he's like having a heart attack and about to die is kind of the feeling that I got that was what Um, I like too yes so he all of a sudden is back in the room he's no longer on that hill in England um and it said upon rising he realized that the creak in his knees and the stiffness he had carried in his back for 40 years were gone and he had the same thought that I did of what did catch do to him yeah because he also said that he felt like a burning sensation or like a warmth or something in his chest and like how does like catch I'm learning so much about him every single time he comes up like now he can heal people but I felt like that would not be a demonic power but maybe it would be I don't know enough about it (laughs) it was a little surprising to me but yeah I I don't know yep I thought about the limitations there (laughs) the same um so Ephraim has decided that Ketch is an alien he is here um you know he's heard stories about aliens but you know Ketch looks different than what he would have thought that an alien looked like or the ones that he saw in the movies and um one part of this chapter that really made me laugh was do you want to use the phone or something and Ketch says (laughs) why he says to phone home don't you want to phone home? <laughs> and I love how Ephraim is being absolutely well-meaning, but also basically 100% trolling catch right back. Yes, which is beautiful. It is not what he sets out to do. It just works no. out that way. And it's so- he's, he's really just trying to give catch what he wants. <laughs> yes. Um, so catch asks, why was Travis here earlier? Um, Ephraim says, I don't know who Travis is. And, you know, they they have this back and forth. And then Ephraim says, he wanted to talk to the wife. I don't know nothing about any magic. Maybe you should have landed in Washington. They run things from there. So he is like die hard set on catches an alien. <laughs> yes. No other possible explanation in his mind. Yes. Um, and then catch says, you know, I, I'll know when you're lying. Um, he says, when does your wife get home? don't lie to me I'll know if you're lying and I'm wondering do we think that Ketch will actually know when he's lying do we think that's one of his powers or is he just saying this as a scare tactic to make it so that Ephraim won't lie I'm 50 50 on that because while I am not a demon contrary to popular belief (laughs) uh I often have to get in people in various lines of work that I have done and a very effective way to do that is to pretend you know things you don't yeah a hundred percent um it also made me think I'm pretty sure it's Karen Kilgariff from my favorite murder that has told a couple times about um her mom used to say that she could tell when Karen was lying like she did a certain thing with her face or something like that and Karen said like I did not lie to her because I was like she knows like yeah. Um, and so then I was like, maybe Ketch is doing that trick, or maybe like he does actually know. And it's just hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I I have maybe one told kids, well, I want you to know, I have already looked at the camera footage, so I know what happened. I want to give you a chance to be honest with me. Yep. There may or may not even where whatever happened but they don't need to know that <laughs> no they don't every time but it's got a pretty decent success rate <laughs> yeah for sure um you know used used it when i worked in the jail too oh yeah i already saw this so you better just be honest with me uh i didn't see crap <laughs> yeah whether it's because like, i couldn't or whether it was just you know hey the sergeant's too tied up to let me in and so I'm just going to pretend I know things that I don't. <laughs> exactly. It's effective. Yep. So I, like you said, I'm 50-50. I'm not sure which one I think for catch. Right. I feel like either one is as likely because he can apparently keep people from dying. So. And either way, it's only stupid if it doesn't work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then the chapter ends with Ephraim saying... My wife will be back in the morning. Um, Ketch grabs him by the arm and, and takes him away. And it dislocates Ephraim's shoulder. And before he passes out from the pain, all he can think is, God help me, I've killed the wife. 
And again, this chapter is just so sad to me. Like, I just feel so bad for Ephraim. Yes. Yeah, that is that is a rough day. <laughs> yeah. And especially because, like, you can tell he loves his wife. And for that to be, like, one of his potentially last thoughts is, like, oh, my God, I've just, I've just killed her by telling him that. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine. It hurts my heart. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all I have for chapter 20. Well, good news, we get a touch of comic relief in chapter 21, which is very well-timed, because 20 yes, was heavy. Because we need it. <laughs> yes, but in 21, we go back to our friends, Augustus Brine, the gym. Yes. So, we open Augustus Brine to John, John Travis's car is parked in front of his house. Which means I'm a genius because I that was his truck. Yep. So I was nailed it. That's what Jeffrey with me is like too, by the way. <laughs> I will always <laughs> announce my own genius. John <laughs> <laughs> is in the kitchen pouring salt from a round blue box into a pitcher of Kool-Aid. Which gross. I just like just yeah, gross. salt in a in Kool-Aid is is a choice. <laughs> accepted your salt water habit but now you're just made weird. <laughs> yeah now now it's uncomfortable we've crossed a line for me um so <laughs> augustus tells john hen john to help let's try um and it turns out they're filling seal bombs which the department of fishing game distributes to fishermen to scare seals away from their lines and net saying they're roughly equivalent to an m80 or a cherry bomb I, I was look- going to say, I did look this up, too, because I was like, I gotta know. <laughs> I know, right? We do have our own personal FBI guy. Mine is just like, what is this woman planning? <laughs> you don't weirdest- have seals in Michigan, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Where? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for my passport status. Like, it's it's a whole thing. <laughs> no, oh, sir. Yeah. an avid reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, John and- Augustus are useless again. So Augustus has five more bags in the truck and he asks him to bring them in. He begins comes in a line on the hearth and tells John Han John he doesn't know how much time they have. John Han John responds, What am I? Am I a beast of birth? And John King of be reduced to bearing loads for an mortal who would attack a demon from hell with firecrackers? <laughs> so super sad. I just love his sass. I do, but it gets better. <laughs> being response to him, oh King, please bring in the goddamn bags. I can finish this. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is really the only way to respond. To that. <laughs> I, what what other good option do you really have? Right. Becker back and it wraps up with Augustus telling the gym that he is not up the demon he merely wants to know where he is unless he uses his power to restrain cat the gym reminds brian that he knows that he can't and brian shouts at him about the bags john Han john wraps up the discussion by telling brian you are a stupid mean-spirited man augustus brian i've seen more intelligence <laughs> in the crotch lice of harem whores <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks out to get the bags so he just has great like one-line snippets and he's got to have the last word every time, and he makes them. Yeah, like it's like it's he ma- nails it every single it's majestic. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Brian was also methodically wrapping the fuses of the seal bombs with thin monofilament silver wire designed to heat up when a current was applied. It was an inexact method of detonation, but Brian had no access to blasting caps at this hour of the morning. How does man, he know how to do this? I don't know, but I like his FBI solver. guy should be on him, <laughs> right? The early '90s, and I don't know if we all had a guy assigned yet. <laughs> Probably not, but he should have because, like, he's he knows how to make his own makeshift explosives. <laughs> Explanation of just you know he had no access to blasting caps at this hour of the morning. This is just right. the most so world. Yeah, he's got to do something. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. Okay, had to swig some tea. Um, so John Hen John returns with two bags, 
Augustus instructs him to put the bags on the chairs. The djinn says to him, these bags are filled with flour. Are you going to bake bread, Augustus Bride? <laughs> so I think I see where this is going and I am a fan. Because I that, think the that's the close of the chapter, but I, I know where we're headed. So to me, the flower I was confused with at first. I think though, since he knows that the demon can be invisible, it's like a to track footprints. Is my guess. My guess is that he is going to blow up the flower, make a giant flower cloud. It will coat catch, and he'll be able to see where he is. Ah, that's, that's my thought. Too. I could be wrong. I hope it's right because I love the idea of blowing up a bunch of flour. Right. But also, also wouldn't like, that be flammable though? Now that I'm thinking I this through. Know. That's a good I know question. creamer is. Because because thank you, Mythbusters. Because <laughs> they had the I creamer cannon that was majestic. So one now, of my favorite Mythbusters. Creamer. One of my favorite Mythbusters is when they blow up the cement truck. Awesome. <laughs> um yeah i'm not sure exactly what he's doing with the flower but also like how serendipitous for him that he owns a bait tackle and fine wine and just has seal bombs and lots of flour on hand i mean this is the guy you want to team up with for the zombie apocalypse right Th this guy is gonna come in handy <laughs> do when you're out of blasting caps <laughs> right he can just you know monofilament of silver wire no big deal right good to go <laughs> call it a day <laughs> oh man chapter 21 so 21 was a quick one it was a quick one um so do we want to take a quick break and then reconvene with 22 we can do that would tack on to this episode for everybody listening, but for you and I, it'll be tomorrow. Yep. Sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. Well, then we're going to pause and we'll be back moment or tomorrow because time is funny when you podcast with chapter 22. Hello. Hello. Sorry, it was being weird again, but I am in now. Okay. And I know this is probably really weird for anybody listening to the episode who's like uh yeah you were here three seconds ago <laughs> we are recording this part on a different evening <laughs> um yes several evenings later than we intended because yes but life got in the way and it happened yes i uh between the last chapter and this chapter i pulled an all-nighter to finish a final project and um continued to fight off illness and here we are again yes um, are, so you real still, quick, are you still drinking throat coat tea? I am, and it's delicious. <laughs> I have not. Oh my gosh, it's like my favorite flavor, and I don't know why. Okay, I'll have to check it out sometime. I'll bring you a packet when I see you. <laughs> um, I had a margarita at dinner with Katie, and now I Hi, have Katie. a, a <laughs> little bit of um jameson orange on the rocks oh have you had the jameson orange yet i have not so good especially as a mule it sounds delicious it's really good okay well i'll have to check that out sometime yes all, all right. right ready for chapter 22 i am okay um so this one is Travis and Jenny. So we get back to them. Um, so they are post-date back at Jenny's house. Um, and Travis is thinking something about Jenny just makes him want to spill his entire life story. Um, and then he decides if he's still there in the morning, he would tell her about Catch. Which I think is first of all a really big step and second of all like you just met this lady and she's going to think you're a nutbag that is a lot to unleash on somebody on the first date like kudos for waiting until morning i mean you should always like discuss your demons with somebody but but maybe, <laughs> maybe... not if they're literal demons like not on the first date right <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so jenny's 
trying to make small talk with him, asking him about his job. Um, and he's kind of trying to brush it off, hoping that she doesn't ask for too many details. He had told her that he's a traveling insurance agent, but the only reason he picked that is because that's what Ephraim mistook him for. <laughs> it was like the first thing that popped into his head because of that. Yes. And she's like, you're the most like chill, um, <laughs> underdressed traveling insurance agent that I have ever seen. You're like the least insurancy of all the insurance men. And I also don't ever remember a time that an insurance man came to our house door to door. No. I, I mean, granted, we didn't really have a need, but. <laughs> well, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like a traveling insurance agent, like. Like, was there just... a time when that was really a, a big thing? Yeah, it's just such a foreign concept to me. And I didn't think that it would be popular enough in the 90s when this book was written to sell that as a job. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wonder, like, I don't know, were they wandering around door to door in the 80s? I, I don't know. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the 80s too clearly from that standpoint. I was not super old yet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so do you have the note about the insurance man visiting Jenny's home when they, when she was a child? Yes. So Holy the moly. Quote, the quote that I have in here, and like, what a traumatizing moment for you as a child. But it's, um, the insurance man basically, like, took a picture of Jenny's family. Nice Polaroid. Yeah. And then immediately snatched the picture out of my father's hands and said, what a nice family. Then he ripped my father out of the picture and said, now what will they do? <laughs> I said, that's real intense. And Jenny just bursts into tears. Her father's all frightened. Right. Like, I mean, solid yeah. tactic potentially of like, now you're out. You need this insurance. What are they going to do without you? You're the breadwinner of the house. But also like another surefire way to have the family be like, and now it's time for you to go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, points for intensity, I guess. <laughs> so, like, so Abby, I don't. Do you have any core memories involving insurance men? <laughs> so, <laughs> our father is an insurance man. <laughs> yes. Um. So maybe one or two. <laughs> right. You know, like a, a lot. We used to. Uh, one of our brothers and I, Aaron and I, would ride our bikes down to the office every at least once a week every summer and park our bikes in the back of their office so I feel like you know like growing up in the office it was a big part (laughs) yes oh man but nothing nothing that intense okay what about you any intense moments from dad like that as relates to insurance um my first job was in my father's insurance agency um (laughs) So, like, I have memories of, like, from the time I was pretty much old enough to alphabetize, I um, would go down and, like, do the filing and that kind of thing. So, yep. I remember putting, mom taught me how to use the mail scale. Oh, yeah. To determine how many stamps it needed. And that was my job sometimes when I would be down there after school was putting stamps on. Running envelopes through the postage meter. Yep. And I always thought it was so cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. And now it's like, oh, I was just doing the things they didn't want to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about um, there was like one summer, or maybe it was a spring break. I don't know where I, I got paid to go hang out in the basement and clean up the dead files. Oh, that's a creepy basement, too. A little bit. Yeah. It's not yeah. a pleasant place. Yeah, it was. I, I've been in worse basements, unfortunately, but. Yeah, but still not, like, one that you want to hang out in. (laughs) No, no, not so much. (laughs) So, Um, anyway. So, then conversation swaps over to Jenny. Um, Jenny says that when when she was little, all she wanted to be when she grew up was a mom. Um, I wanted to have a family and a man who loved me and a nice house. And that part just kind of broke my heart. Yeah, because she wound up with really, um... None of Not that. Not that at all. <laughs> None of that in her marriage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know she was hopeful when she married Robert that, like, she would have all that. And that's just not how it went. And so. Yeah, it did not pan out. No. Nope. Um, we also then learned that Travis wanted to be a priest. He went to seminary school as soon as he was old enough to. Um, which 
it was very interesting and really wants me to know how he met up with Ketch. Well, I, I noted that too. I said, first of all, I'm wondering if this part of his story is true. And I feel like it must be because that's like way too specific and random for him to just make up on the fly. Yeah. And I got the sense that he was being honest in that part where like 90 years ago, <laughs> right? you know, like he did want to be a priest and grow up into that and probably did go to seminary school. And I noted the same thing about, I wondered if that somehow leads to his dealings with catch. Yes. So I'm very <coughs> intrigued to I'm learn. Sorry, I'm coughing all through this chapter. That's okay. <laughs> um, I'm very intrigued to figure out like how they matched up. Yes. Um, the next quote I have is, I read once that all religions and insurance companies are supported by the fear of death. You know, she's got a point. Yeah. It, like, it makes sense. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Travis finds it kind of cynical. But, you know, Jenny just doesn't have a whole lot of faith in the concept of this all-powerful being that would glorify war and violence. And, and I get that because I've had yeah. that thought, too. Um, I don't have anything profound to say about that. I just found it kind of relatable. Yeah, I thought that one was definitely interesting. Um, I also have in here that I feel like Travis really is a good guy that got somehow put into this crappy situation. Um, Jenny puts the moves on him. And he asks, are you sure? Um, because they had both been drinking. They had had quite a bit of wine. Um, and I just, I like I said, I can't wait to find out how he got wrapped up in all of this. Because he does seem, like, inside, like, a genuine guy. Yes. But then how did he summon a demon? Right. And how did he come to be in control of that demon? <laughs> yes. And um, it seems like he really doesn't want to be. So I don't know if like at the time he really needed something and was like, yep, this is fine. Sell my soul. And now he's like, I'm over this. It's been, you know, 80 years now. <laughs> I just want to get rid of the guy. Or if like he stumbled into this accidentally somehow. So are you trying to imply that you have never had an experience where you look back and go, eh, seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have. But not to the extent of selling my soul. <laughs> um, I once said that I would sell my soul for front row tickets to Ani DeFranco, and I did get them. So uh, yeah. you do the math, I guess. Well, if you are still alive and kicking in 80 years, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was a great concert. <laughs> so to um, kind of go back into this whole faith business here, um, I love that, you know, they're having this kind of deep philosophical discussion and Travis is telling Jenny that she should have faith. And she asks Travis if he's trying to convert her to, um, to which he responds, no, it's just that I know absolutely that God exists. Yep. And then Jenny says, well, nobody knows anything. Absolutely. And that, you know, she's not without faith, but she has doubts too. Yep. So Travis says, well, I had doubts. And Jenny wants to know, well, what happened? Quote, did the Holy Spirit come to you in the night and say, go forth and sell insurance? <laughs> I'm going to tell you that um, I, reading that, it cracked me up, first of all. And second of all, it kind of made me want to add my insurance agent to the podcast to find out if that's how it happens. <laughs> we should ask him sometime. We'll, we'll do that. Maybe we can post an update to Facebook or yes. discuss it in the next episode. <laughs> um, with that too, it's hard for Travis because like he has a demon sidekick that he's been trying to figure out how to get rid of. Like he knows but of course, Jenny's like, nobody knows for sure. And it like, he can't be like, oh, I do. Do you want to meet my demon? Like, <laughs> Right. That's Man. not something you want to hear on a first date. You want to no. know. Like, is that, first of all, is that the world's first pickup line or. Right. Like, like is, is, that, is, is that your name else? for your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And if so, I think it's time for you to leave. <laughs> right. Um. Oh. So it's just one of those. Tells you. Right. 
<laughs> it's just another one of those moments where I felt bad for Travis because like he's trying to give insights into his true self but like he can't fully disclose that and that's just got to be hard yeah that is pretty rough um they also though in their night of romping um had some very interesting roles throughout the night okay but hold before we get into that which <laughs> yeah absolutely slayed me <laughs> um I've, I've got to finish off this previous one because um so they're bantering a little bit and jenny says you know she'll well, you know, she's got some beliefs or whatever. She'll tell Travis about them in the morning. And it takes Travis a split second to catch on to what she has said. Yep. Um, and Travis is surprised because he thought Jenny was angry with him because of his faith. Right. Jenny says, no, she finds it cute. <laughs> Which, like, that's not really what you want to hear either. <laughs> no, but then Travis responds, cute, cute. You think the Roman Catholic Church is cute? A hundred popes are rolling in their graves, Jenny. <laughs> Which she's fine with and tells Travis, well, they're not invited. Right. <laughs> now, I had to look this up because at first I'm like, um, that's an awful high number of popes. And then I was yeah, like. Yeah, there's no way there's been that many. Um, well, then I got to thinking about it and I'm like, okay, but the Roman Catholic Church has been around for a very long time. Right. Like, like very, very long time. So I Googled it, and according to Britannica.com, there have been, quote, more than 260 popes. <laughs> Which is impressive, because some of them serve for quite a while. But also, like, more than 260. Like, what, what an odd way to quantify that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's but, very, so, like, exact. So basically, there could be 100 popes rolling in their graves. That is a mathematical possibility. It's true. So um, that was just a rabbit hole. Yeah. Definitely, I'm glad that you looked that up because I also thought, like, that's a high number, but didn't think to look it up. (laughs) Yeah, little side quest. Um, all right, so are we ready to hear about their roles throughout their evening? Yes, we are. All right, so she played the comforter, he the comforted, he the understanding counselor, she the confused confessor, she the nurse, he the patient in traction. (laughs) This is where it starts to get a little weird. Yeah. He the naive stable boy, she the seductive duchess, he the drill (laughs) sergeant, she the raw recruit, she the cruel master, he the helpless slave girl, (laughs) (laughs) he a rampaging Godzilla to her unsuspecting Tokyo. I don't know why, but that one was my favorite. Yeah, it also made me think like, was like, I feel like Ketch had to play a part in his Godzilla rendition. (laughs) You but know, I, I also I, don't know. I had if, not gone there yet. I just also don't know if that's because I picture him in my brain as like a mini Godzilla. <laughs> okay. Like that's how he looks to me. That, that's fair. <laughs> um, and then in the morning, they polished off a loaf of toast, a whole loaf of toast between the two of them. I've been there. <laughs> a half pound of butter, a quart of tofu ice cream. Okay, pause. Why do you have tofu ice cream in your freezer if you have actual butter in your fridge? Right. And, like, I just tried tofu for the very first time. And, like, it's not bad. But, like, tofu ice cream does not sound good. No, it doesn't. Also, like, tofu doesn't really have much of a flavor on its own. It takes on the flavor of whatever you have. So now I want to know what flavor of tofu ice cream it was. I don't think that any flavor is going to make me feel better about it. No, because I feel like the consistency of it would just really throw me off. I just, you know, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I want to eat ice cream. Yeah. Um, they also had a box of whole wheat cream sandwich cookies. Stop trying to healthy up all your junk food. That's my beef here. Yeah. If you're going to eat junk food, eat junk food. Like, it is what it yep. is. Yep, no shame. A bag of unsalted blue corn chips, which I do not like unsalted chips, I will say, like, they're not as good. I need the salt. I guess it depends on what you're dipping them in. But if you're that's eating plain, they've got to have salt. And bonus points if they have a little hint of lime to them. Oh, yeah. That's not bad either. And an organically grown watermelon. Because why not? Right. Um, and, and that, friends, is what happens when you don't eat on a date. Right. The, um, just, just eat the spaghetti. <laughs> and then when you also don't sleep that night. Yes. Yeah, just a bad combo. 
Um, but then hearing them talk about like polishing off a loaf of toast made me think of a joke. Oh God. Um, what do you put in the toaster? Bread. No, you. Well, yeah, you do. Most people say toast. <laughs> I was prepared for you to say that. Because <laughs> never it was match whole... bits with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Because <laughs> <laughs> something about hearing a loaf of toast, I was like, well, technically, it's a loaf of bread that you make toast, and then it made me think of that. Gotcha. But um, and then I wrecked it. Yeah, friends go out there and and ask people what they put in the toaster and report back on how many people say bread or toast yes <laughs> post your results post your findings on facebook <laughs> spirits and spoilers podcast on facebook <laughs> so three hours after this breakfast of champions Betty's <laughs> alarm goes off and she left to go to work and i all i could think of was man is she in for a rough shift <laughs> like yeah a serving shift on zero sleep would not be my idea of a fun time. No, no. And potentially with a a little bit of a wine hangover. I don't know. She was drinking red wine on the couch. Right. I don't know how much, though. Yeah. Like, if she only had a glass or two, she's probably okay, but... It just does not sound great. No. But she left Travis there to get some sleep, and... The last quote I have is, when the explosion started, Travis woke up screaming cliffhanger so it sounds to me like augustus brine is starting to catch him some catch (laughs) agreed or at least he is um making some fantastic explosions if nothing else right (laughs) either way i'm here for it i'm waiting to find out that he actually like it was the neighbor's dog that got into it and set it off (laughs) oh my gosh yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure what to anticipate for that. Yes. But I, I'm eager to read ahead and find out. So Well and next time we start part four. Mm. So we have officially concluded part three. Sweet. Oh hey, and we're on a new day now. Yes. Yep, part four is Monday. Oh Pine Cove is gonna have a case of the Mondays. A real, real rough case of the Mondays. (laughs) I cannot wait to find out about it. Yes. It's Um, amazing to me that I've read this book like three times already and still have no idea what's coming. I know. Like we talked about though, it's been so long. Yes. Um, So you texted me yesterday and wanted me to ask you your thoughts on the movies and books that focus on survival in some sort of desperate post-apocalyptic scenario? I don't know what ADHD rabbit hole I was I was down in my brain last night, but I was kind of thinking about this story. Um, I must have watched something on, I don't know, on Netflix or whatever, and I'm thinking about just like all these, you know, the world is ending, everything's going wrong. Like, take The Stand, for example. You know, the whole big thing is about this illness takes out everybody, and then all these people are trying to, you know, fight to survive and continue on the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this, and I thought, you know what? Or, or like survival stories in general, where people just do incredible things to get through. Um. I want no part of that. I yeah. like if I end up in a situation where I am, you know, stranded in the mountains in the middle of winter, like in some kind of Donner Party scenario for survival, eat me first. Yeah. You know, I first tribute, eat me first. I've gone back and forth on this where like watching some of those movies or TV shows, I've thought like, would I be the person that like fights for survival or would I be the person that's like what's the point like there's no like good end to this like maybe I'll just lay down now and just let it happen (laughs) yep yep um you know if you've got just a quick minute and a sharpie I will mark for you where the meatiest parts are and you can go ahead and cook and eat me I'm right I'm not here for this all I ask is for a quick and painless death yep eat me first yeah 
I'm going on record. <laughs> um, so follow-up question to that. Okay. Um, if you can't die of natural causes, what would be your preferred method of going? Oh. It would have to be something like really, just really outrageous. Something newsworthy. Okay. Something bizarre. Okay. Like, I don't know. Crushed by a shark in a sharknado. Okay. Oh, speaking of like natural phenomenon, um, was it yesterday or today? It was the anniversary of um, <laughs> the, surviving the earthquake in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, the Michigan earthquake. We re- will rebuild. <laughs> yes, with the lawn chair tipped over. Yeah. <laughs> you know I what? I do remember that, though. I was at... Um, I think I, how long ago was that? How many years approximately? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't remember. Was it like seven? I think so. Cause I think that I might have been working at the pharmacy when it happened. That could be. And I remember like hearing things on the shelves shake and we thought it was a truck that had gone by, but we looked outside and there was no truck. Do you know that um, our mother made a rather wild accusation to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also not like you don't do things worthy of wild accusations. <laughs> excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> so I was standing outside by the pool and I had laundry going in their washer and dryer in the laundry room. And Mom comes out the sliding door in the back and I looked at her and I said, I think we just had an earthquake. <laughs> and she looked at me like I was insane and goes, no, your laundry is in there and it's unbalanced because you've got, you know, like a heavy towel in there. So later that evening, we're watching the news and they announced the earthquake. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, who's unbalanced now? <laughs> Still you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was not nice (laughs) no but it was so easy (laughs) way to grab the low hanging fruit (laughs) oh man yeah that was a crazy one yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) um so anyway I totally interrupted with my I don't know my squirrel brain what I feel like you must have something in mind for how you want to go if it's not natural causes. Yeah, I think I'd want to freeze to death. Really? Yeah, because like as much as I would suck to be that cold, like I've heard that you kind of just like go to sleep. Well, I've also heard that, you know, part of hypothermia can be that like you feel like you're really, really hot. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be super cold to freeze to death. I don't know. Right. My problem is I picture Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. (laughs) And that is not how I want to be found. I love when that picture gets used as a meme, though, because the face on it is so good. (laughs) Yes. Well, so we're through chapter 22. So for next time, and I I swear we'll be better at releasing an episode on time next week. (laughs) Which this is the first time we haven't. And I think that's pretty good. (laughs) Especially when we're dealing with me, because I'm in charge of releasing episodes on time and I run a real loose ship. <laughs> it's it's not hyper-focused around here. You know, that's okay, though. It happens. So anyway, for the next one, I would anticipate we'll do at least two chapters, but... Um, I would count on maybe three, because I have read chapter 23 already and have my notes for that, and there's only like five bullet points that I have okay so we can safely say three chapters maybe even four yeah okay um read 23 4 5 and 6 just to be on the safe side if you don't want spoilers and we are officially at the start of part four 61 percent through the book and I feel like it's going to really start to move quickly now yeah, that was kind of... I mean, of, not that it hasn't been, but... No, but that was kind of what I got to. Like, I feel like there's about to be just a bunch of stuff happening all at once. 
we might be able to kind of speed racer our way through the end of this one because I think it's going to get really hard to put down. Yep. And it seems like the chapters are getting a little bit shorter. True. So. So we're, we're approaching the end. Um, I have, I don't know, we've discussed a few ideas for next book, but I don't think we've completely settled on anything yet. So we're still open to ideas for that. Yep. Um, Email them, post them to Facebook, send us a message on Facebook. Um, email us and tell us a story of how you summoned your first demon so that we can <laughs> uh, discuss that on an episode in the future. We learned that Elizabeth was for Ani DeFranco tickets. <laughs> yes, on top of that. Um, if you've got something cooler than that, let us know. Um, it was at the Kalamazoo State Theater. It was it was a really good show. She I opened bet. with... Was it, oh, was it that one or was it the time I saw her in Ann Arbor that she opened with my favorite song? <laughs> Might have been Ann Arbor. That was a good one too, but it was Nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so tell us stories about summoning demons and, um, I don't know, insurance trauma and... <laughs> yeah, did your traveling insurance agent come and rip up a picture of your family did you, you may live be entitled time... to compensation right <laughs> did you live in a time where there were traveling insurance agents like did you actually meet one because i am intrigued by this tell us your traveling insurance man story <laughs> i want to know did you travel with my insurance agent i did <laughs> <laughs> i did go take pictures of places with him oh yeah there is that we did inspections yep yep all righty well I think that's all the important things. Um, yeah. I'm thinking probably we're going to be um, recording from the same room next time, hopefully. Yep. Um, so watch the socials to figure out what to drink and for sure what to read. And we'll go from there. Yeah. And thanks for sticking with us through this kind of wonky episode, but we got there. <laughs> we, we are all in this together. <laughs> These are unprecedented episodes. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. I'll remember to always read responsibly. responsibly. That's hard when you're not in the same room. I know. <laughs> Close enough. Bye, guys.